are back, episode nine. Today we're going to be talking about understanding leaders and leadership. And this is something that I kind of wanted to tackle earlier. Uh, and I was going through my list of topics that I've written down when I originally came up with the concept for the podcast and realized this is one of the primary motivations for my wanting to do the podcast was there's nothing that prepares junior sailors to deal with the different styles of leadership that they're going to encounter out there in the fleet. And so from the bottom looking up, deciphering leadership's intent and understanding their actions and and figuring out what their methods are, how they work, what they mean, things like that. And so that's the topic today where I want to address that and, and equip people with some tools to deal with leaders and create a positive relationship vice Uh, some of the negative ones that I think are becoming commonplace out there. Before we do that, however, I'm going to plug the Ask Diga segment like I do every week for the past couple of weeks. I want to keep getting it out there that there is a resource for people that listen to the podcast or friends of yours that you can refer to us to hit us up and ask us questions that we will immediately address the problem and give them whatever answers we can and advice that we can. And then we'll address it on the podcast as well so that we can share that problem and answer uh, in case anybody out there is having the same issue. They can get that solution through the podcast as well uh, so that it's helping more than just that initial person. And the way that you do that is you hit us up on the Facebook page. You can Facebook message us and ask us the questions that way. Or you can email them to us at don'tgiveuptheshippodcast at gmail.com. Okay, don't give up the ship podcast at gmail.com. Hit us up with those questions and we'll get them on the air in future episodes. Okay, and so now it's history segment time. And one of the reasons why I selected this person was because I was trying to relate it to the episode and I was looking up quotes. I like quotes uh, and I was looking some up related specifically to understanding leadership. And one that stood out to me was Admiral Arleigh Burke said, leadership is understanding people and involving them to help you do a job. It's very basic and it's very straightforward, uh, but and it's very Arleigh Burke if you know anything about him. Uh, and I'm going to read kind of a bio on him uh, so to give you a little bit more understanding on who he is if you don't know. So he was the 15th uh, Chief of Naval Operations or CNO, uh, and he served in that role from 17 August 1955 to 1 August 1961. And if that seems like a long time, it's because it is, and I'm going to get to that at the end. Arlie Albert Burke was born on 19 October 1901 on a farm near Boulder, Colorado. Appointed to the U.S. Naval Academy in 1919, he was commissioned to the rank of ensign in June of 1923. From then until April 1928, he was an officer in the battleship Arizona. Burke was next assigned to the Fleet Base Force flagship Prokin, Uh, in which he was flag lieutenant and force personnel officer. Resuming his formal education in June 1929, Lieutenant Burke received a master's degree from the University of Michigan two years later, then served in the heavy cruiser Chester. Uh, He spent the middle of the 1930s on the base force staff and at the Bureau of Ordnance in Washington, D.C. In 1937, he joined the destroyer Craven, and in June 1939, he took command of the USS Mugford. Between mid-1940 and late 1942, Burke was assigned to the Naval Gun Factory as an ordnance inspector. He was then promoted to commander during that time and commanded two destroyer divisions and destroyer squadron 12 in the South Pacific Combat Zone. He was given temporary promotion to captain in mid-1943 and in October that year to command destroyer squadron 23. Flying his flag in the destroyer Charles Osborne, he demonstrated initiative and tactical mastery in a series of engagements. 
In March 1944, Burke became the chief of staff to Vice Admiral Mark A. Mitscher, who led the Pacific Fleet's fast carrier task forces. With a temporary rank of Commodore, he served with Mitscher until nearly the end of the Pacific War and World War II, had a brief tour with the Bureau of Ordnance again, and was again Mitscher's chief of staff from 1946 to 1947. Now recognized as an officer of great potential, during 1947 and 1949, Captain Burke was assigned to the Navy's general board, commanded the light cruiser Huntington, and was active in the debate over armed forces roles and missions while serving with the Office of the Chief of Naval Operations. He ended the decade uh, and began the next with Defense Research and Development Board. Soon after the Korean War began, Rear Admiral Burke went to Japan to become the Deputy Chief of Staff to Commander Naval Forces Far East. Uh, May to December 1951, he commanded a cruiser division and participated in the Korean War's vexing armistice negotiations, then returned to Washington to direct the CNO Strategic Plans Division. For much of 1954, Burke led a 6th Fleet Cruiser Division and, at the beginning of 1955, became the commander of the Atlantic Fleet's Destroyer Force. In May of 1955, Rear Admiral Burke was selected as the next Chief of Naval Operations. Quickly promoted to the rank of Admiral, Burke took over as CNO in mid-August. His three two-year terms took the Navy through great operational and technical changes during a time of constant international tension. After retiring from active duty at the beginning of August 1961, he had an active business and civic life, as well as remaining closely involved with the Navy. Admiral Burke resided previous to his death in Bethesda, Maryland, near Washington, D.C., and later in northern Virginia suburbs, where he died on New Year's Day in 1996. Uh, and he was interred at the Naval Academy Cemetery. Some awards of note, which are pretty significant, if this, that career wasn't enough. Uh, he's a Navy Cross recipient, also a Silver Star recipient, Purple Heart, and after his retirement, received the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Based on his accomplishments in the Navy, uh, obviously, and I'm sure a lot of you know this, uh, the USS Arleigh Burke, DDG-51, and the entire class of destroyers uh, were named for Admiral Burke. And one of the things about the CNO piece that is of note is that uh, Admiral Burke went from a rear admiral upper half, so a two-star admiral, to CNO. So he completely skipped the rank of vice admiral when he did this. And in doing that, skipped over a lot of his peers uh, when he was put into that role. So you can imagine the challenges he faced as a result of skipping over some senior flag officers to get into that role. And again, the reason I wanted to bring him up was because of some of the things that he did as a leader. He was known as a 31-knot Burke, if you've never heard uh, that nickname applied to him because of his aggressive and just forward-leaning, hard-charging nature. And every task that he was confronted with and in every leadership role he was in, he was this just full-speed-ahead type of guy. And it was very fitting to this topic, I thought, uh, in understanding leadership. The original quote that I brought up previously, that leadership is understanding people and then involving them to help you get the job done or accomplish the mission. So, like we said, uh, what we're going to talk about today is understanding leaders. If they didn't care about you, and, and a lot of times I feel like we interpret them and their actions to be people who don't care about us, if they didn't care, they wouldn't waste their time doing whatever it is that they do that pisses you off. Okay, think about it. Like, why would they bother if they hated you or they didn't care or they were just bad leaders? And junior sailors need to understand, as a follower, it's important that you understand your leadership. Oftentimes, uh, things are received as negative, even though they're intended as positive. And it's just a confusion in the transfer of that message. So learning to decipher their messages 
and their intent are key to your success. Okay, and this is a skill you need to learn. It's something that you can uh, you can study and you can understand. And all leaders aren't great ones. We've talked about that a bunch previously. So there will be times when their way of communicating their leadership style is received negatively by you or by everyone. Um, that doesn't make them bad. Okay, it makes them misunderstood. And that's what why we're tackling this topic today is understanding them and understanding their intent and why they're doing it and why they communicate their messages or their leadership style the way that they do is what you need to grasp so that you can better follow so that you can maybe help them be better leaders okay and so the first main point i want to tackle is just listen all right and and i don't mean that just literally i mean that in a lot there's a lot of layers to it okay so listen to what they're saying like the content of the message what motivates you may not motivate others, like we talked about in the motivation episode. So the style they use probably worked for someone at some point. Okay, that's probably the key to unlock the question of why do they do this this way, right? It probably worked at some point or it worked for them when they were receiving it from a different leader. And so that's why they stick with it. So if it doesn't work for you, just kind of jettison it in a way. Don't focus on how they're saying it. Take the message, like what are they saying? What's the content? Don't just switch your brain off when they start going into their mode that you initially received as, as negativity or as them like lashing out at you, okay? What are they saying? What is the content of the message? Learn to rise above the feelings that you have for their communication style and get the message out of it, all right? When they see that you're responding to what, you know, they might see their, as their style, but when they see that you're at least getting the content out of it, it may change, all right, based on them seeing that you're grasping it. And it may not, all right, but they will see that you're they're getting through and they're gonna re- positively respond to that. They're gonna positively respond to you receiving the message and you taking the action that they desire because that's the whole point of communicating it in the first place. And so how are they saying it? So just like we talked about, how they're saying it, it's not not important, okay? So like it's, I, I said, kind of jettison that, but be aware of it, how they're, how they're saying it Like if they don't always say it in that way, but when they speak to you, they alter their delivery. Like, why are they doing that? Take some time to dig into that. Ask questions about it. Like maybe you're not responding and they're either altering their style or escalating due to frustration. Uh, There's something to be deciphered from how they're saying it. So take the time to explore that, figure out why they're saying it the way they're saying it, and maybe ask other people to see if they perceive it from a kind of like a third person view because having a different kind of perspective when you're not in that moment can oftentimes open up answers that you're not going to recognize from your perspective uh and so is it the same also so like are they communicating to all of their charges in the same manner all the time if so and it's a barrier for you take it as simply the way that they talk like it's their leadership tone Uh, i've encountered people from every walk of life imaginable in all the different things i've done in the navy and i've learned to adapt to all the different styles of communication. So like accents, speech impediments, the the different styles that they speak, whatever the case may be. And based on that, I've learned to accept that maybe it's just the way that they talk. Like it's just the way that they communicate. It's not always to be perceived negatively. Like maybe they're just like that with everyone. And it's like goes back to the frame of reference that we've talked about previously. It's probably just how they were taught to communicate from a very, very young age and no one has taught them any other way, right? Because remember, when we talk about this, we're talking about you being at a micro level, you're gonna be dealing with junior level leaders or mid-level leaders, okay? So I'm, I'm not necessarily talking directly about just your chief, even though this can apply to LPO and chief level as well, but 
the vast majority of times you're going to deal with this problem is from your junior level leaders because they haven't learned how to alter their communication styles to fit what motivates each individual, right? They're not keying in on that yet because they don't have the same experiences and they haven't learned from those experiences yet, kind of like your, your chiefs or your senior officers have. I wanted to relay the story of a student I had while I've been at this A school. Uh, I walked into the classroom, we were on day one, and we were kind of doing, we do this introductory thing where you ask everybody like, where are they from, why did they join the Navy, stuff like that. Uh, and this young man stood up and started answering the questions. And I mean, I actually like laughed when he started talking because I thought he was, I thought he was like messing with me. I thought he was joking and was trying to solicit that kind of a response um, with the way that he spoke. And I very quickly realized that he was from New Orleans and I'm not sure specifically where he's from, but he kind of had a lisp and it was his accent combined with that and he was very soft-spoken and the combination of it all um, made for this really unique tone and it was the way that the young man spoke. And so as soon as I picked up on that, I immediately felt really, really bad for not controlling myself. And, and I originally interpreted it as a joke, and it wasn't. It was just the way the guy talked. And one of the things I did recognize when I had done that is I had just set a poor example for every other student in that classroom. And I addressed it immediately. And I got up in front of the class and I talked to them about uh, the way that this young man spoke. Uh, it wasn't funny. It wasn't something to be pointed at and, and poked fun at. It's the way the kid talked and he's on our team and we protect our own. And the message got through and the class responded really positively to him. And he actually, him and another guy, uh, they were from similar areas and they became kind of like the, almost like the command mascots or I don't know, they were very motivating and they came up with this really entertaining like chant or a slogan kind of thing with this, these like hand pantomime motion things and I don't know it was crazy but uh, the youth of today I guess but it was very it was very cool and they would do it in front of the whole school student population and it would motivate everybody and they became very very well loved but it was something that based on how this young man communicated I could have went either way with it is kind of what I'm pointing out here so it's it, that example is what I want you to kind of key in on and understand that I could have laughed at him and then everybody else could have discounted everything he said and then there would have been no value assigned to it based on the tone in which he communicated but recognizing the value in it and recognizing that this was just the way the young man spoke I addressed that everybody realized that that's just how he was speaking and that was that was his accent or that was the tone in which he spoke it is what it is and that he has value to add to the team just like everyone else does you know you almost forget about it and filter it out and and he became a very valuable member of the team and that didn't become a, a roadblock for anyone uh, and so the same thing can be applied to leaders who communicate in a way that you don't appreciate or you don't understand or that bothers you. You can kind of filter it out. Like you don't even hear it anymore. It's just another member of the team and you filter out the message and you get what you need from that so that you can uh, succeed and, and build a strong relationship with that leader. And then clarify everything. So when we're in these positions, you want to clarify when, when given guidance, instructions, mentorship, whatever the case may be. Clarify their points. Repeat it back. It's a, I don't know if that's just a submarine thing, but it's a proper IC communications thing on submarines. We repeat everything back. And I, I know everybody's done a phone talk or call card or been on sound-powered phones, and I'm assuming it's an ABY thing. Again, I, my frame of reference is submarines. But repeating it back so that you understand that I understand you. And then ask questions. Make sure you fully understand the guidance you've been given. Okay, I, I might be frustrated a little in the moment, right, when you're asking me all these questions, when I, I think I've given you pretty clear guidance, 
and you're asking me all these questions. But if you make me feel like you fully grasp the concept and then you go completely just muff the execution of it because you didn't understand my instructions, I'm going to be extremely upset in comparison. I would much rather endure all those questions than you just nod, smile, and then go screw it up, right? There's no such thing as a stupid question. So ask them. I tell the people that work for me that all the time, right? I might smirk or shake my head a little bit if I'm asked a really ridiculous question, but that moment is much more pleasant, I promise you, than if you don't ask those questions and then you screw up the execution of the task because you didn't ask those questions, right? Then I'm going to be upset, okay? So ask those questions. Uh, I'll appreciate you being thorough and accomplishing the task the right way the first time, every time, okay? Everybody hates rework. You're going to hate it. I'm going to hate it. And we're all going to be in a bad mood as a result of it. So take the time to ask those questions because with time, even though I might have those little moments where it's kind of annoying to, to answer those questions, and it can be if there's a ton of them, right? But I will come to appreciate your reliability because every single time I assign you a task, you ask all those questions, you're scribbling stuff down on your notepad, and then you get it done. And you get it done correctly every t- first time every time because you take the time to ask the questions and clarify my guidance. And then speak up if something's wrong. Okay, say something. If you find yourself in a situation where something's wrong and your spider senses are tingling, speak up. Okay. If a task is not being executed, it's being done incorrectly, it's intentionally being blown off, speak up, say something. Okay. On submarines, we call this watch team backup. All right. We're human. And as individuals, we're, we're going to inevitably screw something up. And that's what the team is for. That's what watch team backup is all about. You have a voice, so use it. They let you know if you're straying. They're going to let me know if I'm screwing something up. And that, you know, maybe my uniform's jacked up. Maybe my collar device is out of place, right? Maybe I just manipulated the wrong valve. Forgot to sign a piece of paperwork. Whatever it is, all right? Speak up. Don't be afraid to speak up because it's going to be appreciated. And if you get negative feedback, it's because that person doesn't get it, okay? Proper watching backup is always valuable and you should do it. And, And if you're wrong and it was the correct move, then you're about to learn something. Okay, because they're going to correct you and they're going to point you in the direction of the right guidance or whatever the case may be so that now you know. So either way, it's a win uh, and you leave better because of it and the team is better because of it. And then when someone knows better, when they know better, they're trained, they have the level of knowledge and they know better and they intentionally do something wrong, like not doing a task or intentionally breaking the rules, not using a procedure, whatever. Bring that up. That's not being a rat. Okay, that's a defense used by people with poor character. Okay, it's not being a rat, it's integrity. And if you don't know the difference, get a hold of me and I'll explain it to you. Have that, have integrity. It's one of those things that once you give it away, you can't get it back. It's, it's nearly impossible. So value it in that way. And if you ever need that explained to you, just get a hold of me and we'll have a conversation. But always realize that. I don't care if you're the lowest ranking seaman recruit on the deck plate, you have a voice, so use it. And compare notes. When you encounter a leader that that presses your buttons and and irritates you and and frustrates you, compare notes with people that have been there a while, uh, with shipmates that when you look around and you find a person in your work center or shop or whatever, that has that leader figured out, you know, everybody else is frustrated by them, but you see the one person that the leader relies on because they've got the communication with them figured out. Someone has solved this leader's puzzle and they're getting the job done and keeping the leader happy. So how are they doing it? Ask them questions. Like it's it's with any successful person, when you see them, ask them questions so that you're not figuring it out from complete scratch. Save yourself that stress. 
the work was already done by this person. So go ask them the questions uh, and figure out how they did it so that you can get there too. That's a very valuable resource and they've got the information already. They've already solved that puzzle. So ask them questions and compare notes with them. Another main point I want to tackle is understanding. And this is this is the final kind of main point, but it's also the most valuable. Okay, This is probably the part I think needs the most work on the part of all junior sailors. Understand that your leadership cares about you. And previously we talked about it's extremely important for leaders to convey that to their charges, to make you understand that we care. And it is, all right? But if they're not doing that, what I want you to understand is that they do care, even if they're not showing it in a way that's obvious. And, and I, I stress out. I stress out about taking care of the people that I'm charged with leading. I, I lose sleep over it when it's not going the way I want it to or when there's some challenge coming up over your evals, over your awards, your training, your progression, your quality of life, and any other issue that applies to taking care of you because that's my job. The same leader you're pissed at for being a jerk or not getting it is sitting in an office with a chief or a mentor asking like, why don't they get it? And like, what am I doing wrong? And they're pulling chunks of their hair out, stressing out because they're not getting through to you. You're not responding and you're not progressing and that's their responsibility. So even though you don't see it, it's happening. I promise you, those leaders care about you and those leaders are stressing out much in the same way I still do about the people I'm charged with leading and caring for. And there's so much that you don't see. So don't jump to conclusions and make assumptions. There are times where I explain this to people and I brought it up on this podcast. When my In my first year as a chief, I was getting lit up for not meeting the expectation. And no one ever sees it because in the way that chiefs deal with things, like we make sure that you don't see it because then that would undermine me as a leader in front of you. But don't think it's not happening. Anytime a chief screws up, they walk into the chief's quarters and I guarantee you they're getting chin checked by other chiefs or by their CMC. So, But just because you don't see it doesn't mean it's not happening. Doesn't mean that they're not getting held accountable, they're not getting held to the standard, and they're not getting fixed Okay, when they're when they're doing something wrong. So don't make assumptions and just understand that these leaders care about you, that whether or not they're succeeding at a really high level doesn't mean they're not trying as hard as they can, doesn't mean they're not doing things to better themselves and get to a place where the, the team is working and functioning at a high level and they're, as a result of that, able to take care of you better. And, and so we sit you down we ask you at Career Development Boards, like, what do you want to be when you grow up, right? Uh, what are your personal and professional goals? And in your mind, you have a vision of how you want to get there, okay? Like, you you want to be, you know, super Rambo diver, Navy SEAL guy or, or girl or whatever. And you have this vision of how you're going to accomplish that in your mind, right? We have a vision in our minds of what you need to do to get to where you want to be because we've been down this path because we've been in the Navy for a while and we understand how to navigate the process. And so we know what you need to do. And it, and it might not be what you want to do. And I want you to understand the difference between what you want and what you need. You won't always get what you want from your leadership. And based on not seeing or understanding everything from your micro level perspective, you're not always gonna understand why. Sometimes we might have time to explain the why, sometimes we won't. But understand from your perspective, you might not always get why. But by and large, you're going to get what you need. Because like I was just talking about how we stress out about taking care of you and getting you where, where you want to be, we're going to do what is needed to get you there. We're going to take that time to do that. We're going to force you in directions you don't want to go. And do to do jobs and tasks that you don't want to do 
but it's what you need to progress. So trust us, all right? You're not the first one that's gone down this road. Like we've been doing this for 200 plus years. Like trust that we understand where you need to be to succeed. And you told us you wanted to go there. You told us you wanted to be in this position. So trust that when we put you in those positions, it is for your own good. It's for your positive forward motion and progress. And if you don't know ask, and this is not the same as what I talked about earlier, in the much the same way a leader routinely reaches out to people uh, that know more than I, like so for me, that know more than me, that and I ask how and why, so too should you, okay? As we talked about in the mentorship episode, when you find a mentor, have conversations at your level that we have at ours, okay? So why is this happening? What are your leaders trying to convey to you? Why don't you understand them? Like, why don't they understand you? Uh, these are questions that are not new or unique. Like, we've all been there. At the beginning, we all had these questions. We all had these struggles. We all didn't understand the, the first leader that we had or the first junior level leader that was was punching us in the teeth every day and, and challenging us and pushing us and we were button heads and st- they were stressing us out and we get into that mind-bending stress I talked about last time. We've all been there. That's why mentors are critical to your navigation of this process. Let them help you understand leadership. Okay, Let them help you understand your leaders. Go seek them out and let them help you navigate this process because everybody has these questions. I have these questions today, 15 years in at a, in a senior leadership level, being the senior enlisted advisor to a, an A school. I still have these questions. I'm not done progressing. I'm faced with challenges all the time. I pick up my phone. I call my CMC and I'm like, what am I supposed to be doing? What do I do to fix this, that, or the other thing? Still confronted with problems that I don't have the answer to. And what I do to overcome those challenges is I reach out, I ask questions, and I have somebody point me in the right direction because they've been where I'm at right now and they've, they've encountered these challenges and they've overcome them. So I don't need to figure it out from scratch and just be groping blindly in the dark. I've got resources and tons and tons of experience out there that are more than willing, just enthusiastically willing to help me through this process. Uh, so take advantage of those resources and, and use them so that you're not in a poor position or set up for failure in any way. I think I'm starting to get this thing down to science. All right, we're ending just about around 30 minutes again. Uh, it is summary time. So what we talked about today with the understanding leadership topic is listening first. So listen to your leadership and try to decipher the message from what can oftentimes be a confusing or negatively perceived delivery. Whatever that delivery is, try to decipher what they're saying and and kind of pull that out of the delivery that may not be working for you. Uh, And then communicate with your leaders. Ask questions, even if you think they're stupid ones, even if you hesitate because you think you might get some kind of a negative reaction out of that leader. Ask it anyway until you understand what is being asked of you. Uh, question things and speak up. You have a voice. Use it. If something looks or feels wrong and, it, and you got goosebumps and hair standing up on the back of your neck, if it looks and feels wrong, it probably is. Okay, so bring it up. Watch team backup is a good pro- daily practice uh, that will help your t- team succeed and your leaders will appreciate it. And then do what it takes to understand. Get that understanding of your leadership. Understand what they care about 
that they're incredibly invested in developing you and taking care of you and making you an integral part of the team and its success. Regardless of if you see it the way you think it should happen or the way you think you should, you think there should be transparency, regardless of if you see that, and it's not always appropriate for you to see all the inner workings that could undermine the team and the mission, even though you don't always see it, I promise you it's happening and I promise you these people care about you, okay? And so junior sailors need to understand as a follower, it's important that you learn to understand your leadership. Oftentimes things are received as as a negative and they're not intended that way, they're intended positively. And so learning to decipher the messages and their intent uh, are key to your success. And before we wrap up, one of the things, like before we're done, is I want to address the eye rollers, right? I, I Every time I communicate one of these topics, I feel like I, I hit a statement and immediately in my mind, I'm like, if I was a junior sailor listening to this, I might have rolled my eyes, right? And everybody's got a cynical part of them, right? I mean, if you've made it through more than a few years in the Navy, you've got this little bit of cynicism in you. Uh, And the eye rollers are the ones that think none of any of this stuff that I'm talking about applies to them because they have a bad leader, okay? Go back and re-listen to episode four, all right? Junior level leadership. There are bad leaders out there. I got you, all right? I'm with you. I'm on the same page. I understand that they exist. And if that's the boat you're in, take the message from that episode and apply it. Find a mentor and have them help you through that really rough situation. And it's tough. And I've been there and I have personal experience with it. It is maddening. Uh, And if all else fails and there's nobody that you can identify as a mentor or a resource to help you through it, reach out to us. I'm always available to help. Uh, But most of you that roll your eyes during these topics, you're not in that situation. You're not. It's a lack of perspective. Your leaders are learning to be leaders just the same as you're learning to be a sailor. So cut them some slack. Help them be better instead of eye rolling. Don't be that person. You're going to be there soon and you'll feel like you're drowning too, just like they probably do. So understanding is the appropriate response. Go out of your way to help those people succeed. All of the lessons that we put forth through this podcast will help you do that. It will help you succeed if nothing else. It will help you navigate this, even if you're navigating your way through it and keeping your head down until you can get to that DD-214 at the end of the tunnel and just chuck deuces. I got it. That's okay. This isn't for everybody. All right? Not everyone is built for this as a career, and that's fine. I understand. I used to think I was one of those people that wasn't built for this and that didn't want to do this as a career. But then I understood that I could help, that I had something to offer, that all those moments I spent eye rolling, I could use that. I could take that and I could apply that to the future and building future leaders so that I could affect change in this organization. And am I going to save the whole thing and, and make it the best Navy that it could possibly be all by myself? No, but that's why I'm doing this. I want to get that out to you so that you can contribute. This is a force multiplier. This podcast's mission and your abilities will be amplified if if you're taking these tools and and you're throwing them in your toolbox and using them to go out there and affect this kind of change. So instead of rolling your eyes, go do something about it. Like, what are you doing to help? What are you doing to affect positive change instead of just eye rolling? So think about that. Take take a moment and think about that. And if you're sitting there arguing with me as I'm talking or you're chucking your iPod at at the wall right now because you think I'm an idiot, you know, I challenge you to get a hold of me. Like, we'll talk about this. We'll work through it. If you think that I'm the village idiot and that the things that we're putting forth in these lessons are not accurate or they won't work or, you know, they're all just completely off base, 
get a hold of me and we'll talk about it, all right? And I'm not saying that in any kind of negative or cynical way. I, I want to help, all right? So I, I really would love for anybody, for any reason, to get a hold of us. Just like for anything else, if you have any kind of leadership-related topic, questions, or any challenges you're facing and you need some help with, hit us up, Facebook Messenger, or email them to us at don'tgiveuptheshippodcast at gmail.com, and we'll get immediately back to you, uh, and we'll engage in a dialogue to help you get through whatever challenges uh, you're encountering right now out there on the deck plate doing what we do. Thank you again, uh, Episode 9. I'm really excited about where this is headed Uh, I'm having fun doing it, and I hope that it's uh, contributing to your success out there in the fleet. So thanks for listening. Keep doing what you're doing out there. You're all doing great things, and we appreciate it. And don't give up the ship. 